Uh, it's a foregone conclusion that Kyrie and KD will link up with the Knicks. And now we get this. If Durant's there, mm -hmm. I pick him very much confidently. If he's not there, I'm still picking him in seven games. A Giannis-led Bucks, a Durant-led Knicks, and an Embiid-led Sixers. Those three teams fighting it out for years to come. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Nick and Cece to break down the Warriors stealing Game 2 from the Blazers. Broussard, what are you hearing about Kevin Durant, and, and can they win a title without him? Well, I think it's going to be very tough to beat Milwaukee without Kevin Durant. But I, I will pick them. If Durant's there, mm -hmm. I pick them very much confidently. If he's not there, I'm still picking them in seven games. There are a lot of reasons to go with Milwaukee, the length, the shooting, all that. But Golden State's offense without Kevin Durant is so unique in today's NBA. People, the casual fan thinks, oh, they just hoist a bunch of three-pointers. No, mm. they're not near the top or at in the top five in three-pointers attempted generally. They were second in the league in mid-range shots. They get backdoor layups. They get dribble drives. And just obviously like the they most, shoot threes. The most, the most important bucket of the game, they ran a simple pick and roll. People are like, oh, how can they leave Draymond open? Because Steph has split the double team. Steph has stopped before the double team shot the ball. This time, he kept dribbling and forced right. the defense to come to him to create the easy layup. It is far more complicated, oh, yeah. Chris, than it looks. And and you look at what – Milwaukee's a great defensive team. They're long and they can be physical. Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, you mentioned. Like, they can get physical with, with the guards in Golden State. But they have been facing one-man shows in Detroit, Blake Griffin. Kyrie made Boston a one-man show because he shot like 40 times mm -hmm. more than any other teammate. In Toronto, Kawhi, one-man show. At the very least, Golden State's a two-man show with Clay and Steph. And then Draymond can make plays. And their bench has actually stepped up. Everybody talking about they're not that deep, and I get it. Mm -hmm. But since Kevin Durant went down, the bench has averaged 34 points a game. Like, Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney is playing great. Mm -hmm. You know, they have really stepped up. So I'm going to... I'm going to say even without Kevin Durant, they can win this title. What would it mean for KD if he don't play again and they win the title? I think he needs to leave. Like, for sure. Like, we think he's leaving anyway. But yeah. Marcus, what, Thompson, what, Marcus Thompson, who I know you guys know, covers the Warriors for the Athletic, has covered him for years. He just came out with a book called KD, Kevin Durant's Relentless Pursuit to Be the Greatest. If KD indeed wants to be the greatest, the GOAT, pass LeBron choice. James and all, you got to leave. But will it, if they win the title this year without him, will that – people already want to say there are some asterisks right. attached to the, those first two titles for him with him. I think it would be – I think for him personally, it would be the worst-case scenario of if they if, – now, them if, – if he can't come back, and it wouldn't be his fault, and if they were to win the title without him, if they beat Milwaukee or Toronto, I suppose, without him, no, I don't think anyone would think, well, they would have lost with him, right? So he would have they, right. I don't but think it just looks like it, but it they looks, didn't need you. It, it looks like you were a luxury, not a necessity. And that would be the worst thing for him. What 
what would be the best thing for Kevin Durant would have been if they struggle with Portland without him, he comes back and they mop the floor in the NBA Finals. Doesn't look like they're going to struggle with Portland, and I don't think with or without him they can mop the floor with Mil the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. I Can they beat him listen, without I, him? I, I think Milwaukee will beat the Warriors with or without Kevin Durant. But could they could they beat him with him? Yes, of course they could. I'm not saying they're a heavy favorite. But I also think they could beat him without him. You mentioned that they're number two in the league in mid-range shots. Well, that's a lot in large part because of Kevin Durant. They changed their style once he's gone. And a 36-game sample is a 36-game sample. They are 32-4 and four when Steph plays and KD doesn't, including 29 of their last 30. 5-0 Dr in the playoffs. Dr Draymond gets better. Steph gets better when Kevin Durant isn't out there. Even if the team doesn't, those two guys raise their game to a degree. Clay seems like a metronome no matter who's on his team, no matter what, what's happening. He's going to give you about the same level of production. So would they still have a shot without Kevin Durant? I believe absolutely unequivocally yes. Yes, because they know how to win games. They mastered that last four or five minutes. They're the only team that's faced any type of pressure. They have that to be able to go to. I believe they're the best defensive team left in the playoffs. When they want to lock you down, they can do that. How Milwaukee's going to react to everything, we don't know. Do have a huge home court. Um, I disagree with you on Kevin Durant because let's just say this. If Kevin Durant came, because you're picking Milwaukee either way. Yep. Wouldn't that hurt his legacy if he came back and they lost? So if they if they Kevin Durant comes back and they lose to Milwaukee because you said if they win if it's going to hurt his legacy. I think it is. I think so. They, really, ain't nothing Kevin Durant can do. No, no. no if right. They, you're saying the worst. You're saying if he comes back and they lose, do. that's worse than, than if they I disagree. Win it him. I disagree with that. I think that because now he's lost in the finals. If he's going to be the greatest ever, well, he's already lost in the finals once. Just well, not with these I, guys. Now he's got two. Right. And Both of them hurt his, his, his claim for the greatest ever. Absolutely. Right. Now, the reason why Steph and them are going to have problems in the future is because they got a up three to one loss on their resume. People don't like to talk about that. So that's going to keep them from right. a sense. They can only go so, Jordan Bulls, so yeah. high now. So for me, I believe that Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant still has great possibilities if he comes back because I believe they need Kevin Durant against this Milwaukee team. But Kevin Durant's legacy is all based on him going somewhere else, and I still believe it won't be able to ever get as high as LeBron James, and no one's going to be able to approach Michael Jordan. You said well, so. what if they lose? If they lose in the finals with Durant, is staying in Golden State now on the table more than it was before? Because if he's leaving, and I think there are other reasons he may go to New York, but if he's leaving mainly because of his legacy, and people think he needs to go somewhere else and win it. If they lose in the finals with or without him, then he could stay there. And, you know, now it's like they definitely need I, Kevin Durant. I feel like this is already – everything's in place except for the signed documentation. Like, I, He's I think already Kevin, made up his mind. I think this, Kevin, is the, this is the one thing we – this is the reason why we can't do that, Nick. Because Kevin Durant, we don't know him. He could change his mind. Like, yeah. And yeah, people, clo people close to him are like, he could change his mind. But you said something right there that I, a moment ago that I just want to key on for a second because it's really interesting. Because I, when, I remember when we talked about the Warriors last year, you, you were of the belief, and I think throughout this year, that one of the downsides of getting KD is you sacrifice the depth. And that to beat the best teams in the league, you can't lose one of your star guys. You can't lose Clay, Steph. Draymond, KD, to beat the very best teams in basketball. 
is what's changed in your mind what we've seen them do since KD went down? Their ability to instantly activate? Or is the team like, because I, I was surprised that you just said you thought they could beat the Bucks or the Raptors if KD doesn't play. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, because I've seen them pull out games. I know they have a system that yeah. there is no defense for. And if they get hot, there ain't nothing you can yep. do. Like anyone who thinks that this team right now is not a championship team, they crazy or they just don't like them with KD. Now, one thing I am going to tell you, too, and the reason why the Warriors in the two times they won with KD, it's different, is because LBJ was there. Sure. If they had won two against someone else, then it would be different. But because LeBron was there, they will get. Full credit. Like, uh, all championships are not equal, but because they who they beat, all right, it becomes more significant than a normal championship. Next, Chris Broussard is with Colin Coward to answer some of the NBA's hottest topics, including the NBA draft and the playoffs. Chris Broussard uh, is in New York City. Of course he is, because that's where, that's where Anthony Davis is going to end up, via the Coward Global Satellite Network. Chris, listen, if I was Zion and Nike, I'd like to see him in New York or a bigger market. I get it. It is what it is. David Griffin is a smart, capable GM and the world's luckiest GM. He's been in five lotteries. He's won four. But let me just throw this at you. If I'm Griffin, I think a bunch of draft picks in R.J. Barrett feels big, optimistic. I can bring in another rookie to take some of the pressure off Zion. The Lakers given me the fourth pick, always hurt Lonzo, always hurt Brandon Ingram. I'm sorry, Chris. That doesn't feel as optimistic and as assured as R.J. Barrett and Zion. This whole thing to me feels like the Knicks is now the trading partland for, the, for Anthony Davis. Does it not? Well, what it comes down to, Colin, is how does New Orleans feel about this draft from four down? We all know, and I've heard you talk about the scouts that you've talked to and executives around the league. Most do view it as a three-player draft. And now, there are some that like Cam Reddish as much as R.J. Barrett or maybe a little bit more. If New Orleans is one of those groups that likes Reddish as much as Barrett or somebody else at four as much as Barrett, then they might deal with the Lakers in that situation. But if they view it as a three-player draft like most do, then the Knicks are certainly a team you may want to deal with. Because, number one, the Knicks are one of two teams that I know Anthony Davis would stay with long-term. Okay. New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers. All right. Number two, what better storyline? We know this league is about, in addition to great teams and talent, storylines. You got R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, the great roommates, the great friends, yep. both coming from Duke. Yep. This would be like if you had brought Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon together yes. right away in the NBA. Yes. And so I, I agree with you. And look, a Mitchell Robinson, I know a lot of people don't know him, very athletic, shot blocker, basically a seven-footer. He's a guy, if I'm New Orleans, I want thrown into that deal He's a nice little rookie that could be a good role player in this league. Yeah, so you – And you, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing on this. They may go out and get a third team involved, and that way New Orleans could get another, maybe a veteran who's solid in addition to an R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson – and some other pieces. By the way, there are stories yesterday. I was told two days ago that the Pelicans' Gail Benson would prefer to get Anthony Davis 
out of the West and would prefer not to do a deal with the Lakers. There's one report today they won't do a deal with the Lakers. What do you make of that report? Well, first of all, that's standard operating procedure. No team wants to send a player into their own conference, a great player that they're going to have to face. Uh, and then, of course, just the animosity. And I get it. If I'm New Orleans, the last team I want to deal with are the Lakers because you're trying to get our best player. And really, you almost ruined our franchise, if not for winning that draft lottery. However, it would be foolish to completely absolutely refuse to deal with the Lakers. You can say they're a last resort, you know, you, but you have to keep them at the table because, number one, they're leverage. Even if you don't want to deal with them, they're leverage against other teams. If I threaten Danny Ainge or New York and say, look, I will do this Lakers deal, or if they at least think I'll do the Lakers deal, I can get more out of them. And then finally, at the end of the day, Colin, as a GM – I have to do what is best for my basketball team. If somehow the Lakers came up with a deal, say a three-team deal, where I just got – it was so much better than the other offers that I was going to get elsewhere, and I know it's going to make the Lakers great, but it's also going to be great for me, I would do that. But, yes, the Lakers are a last resort. If it's anything close, they're sending him to the east instead of L.A., uh, but they need to keep them at the table for leverage. By the way, uh, I was saying this earlier. I don't think we realize how much better the, 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 the Warriors are than the rest of the league. Steve Kerr has missed 12 playoff games. They're 12-0. KD's missed four playoff games in this dynasty in Golden State. They're 4-0. And they're 12-3 and when Steph misses. As good as the Bulls were with MJ and Pippen, if Scotty missed a game, it wasn't the same team. If Phil or Pippen missed a game, it wasn't the same team. Do, do, what do we compare this dynasty to? Because, Chris, they're an eight-point favorite tonight without Boogie Cousins and without KD. Um, what do you make of that? Well, it's about culture. I said it in the first year of this quote-unquote dynasty, 2014-15, when the Warriors shocked everybody and won the championship. Steph Curry, while a completely different personality, he is the Tim Duncan of Golden State. Duncan went in there, set a culture. It was professional. It was, you know, follow the leader and Greg Popovich, do what the coach says, you know, and that everybody else had to buy in because he was the best player. Steph has done that in Golden State. It's fun. It's selfless. You know, him bringing along Durant, letting Durant become the best player and not having an issue with it. That's selfless. That's what this team's culture is. And everybody respects Steph because of his character. And so he set a great culture. And look at San Antonio. They have had over the years players go in there who couldn't do anything elsewhere. A Matt Bonner is productive. You know, a Gary Neal is great in the finals for them. They go elsewhere, they disappear. Golden State is the same way. Remember we talked last week. Is this team, can they be as good as they were before Durant? Well, they don't have the bench they used to have. No, the bench back then wasn't that great individually. Leandro Barbosa was old. Festus Azili, Brandon Rush. They left Golden State, didn't do anything. Even Mo Spates didn't do anything elsewhere. Now you've got plugging these guys to the culture, and all of a sudden Quinn Cook looks really good. <laughs> Jonas Jarebko looks better than he ever did in Detroit. Kevin Looney, De Damian Jones, they're productive. 
It's about the culture. It's a great credit to Steph, number one, and also Steve Kerr and the rest of the players and guys in that organization. By the way, I don't know who dressed you, but boy, you look tight today. You look like a CEO of a big company today, Chris Broussard. I got a minute left. Kawhi Leonard looked shot last night. They asked him to take 39 shots in Game 7 against Philly. He was out of gas last night. This does have a mellow Syracuse, one-and-done, unbelievable talent, surrounded by guys. What do you give the Raptors chances of retaining him in a minute? Well, that's a great point because a lot of people haven't pointed to you're exactly right. He was fatigued. He's never used to playing 40 minutes. You know, he's playing 40 minutes a night. You know, in San Antonio, they rest you. He played 34 minutes a game there. You know, so he's fatigued. But as far as your question, I still think one of the L.A. teams, mainly the Clippers, are the front runner. I would go Toronto number two. Uh, I think there's a Clippers are a a pretty good favorite. But I'm not going to rule out Toronto. One year to recruit a guy, Colin, is a lot. And that that bonding experience that those fans, that city, those teammates, heck, the nation had with Kawhi after that game seven should not be understated. You know, you he's having a great experience with these teammates. So that could be a factor. And also this, Colin, he let when he left San Antonio, he could have gotten a five-year, $220 million deal. When now he's in Toronto, the max he can get, five years, $190 million. If he leaves elsewhere, he can only get four years, 141 or something around there. So you're talking about already giving up $30 million, now giving up another $50 million. I'm just saying if it's close. If he's like, yeah, I want to go to L.A., but I really do like it here. We got a team. I'm in the East. We could get to the finals. We could maybe win it. Those money numbers could become a factor. I still think the Clippers are the favorite, but the money is something that shouldn't be discounted. Chris Broussard looking tight today in New York City. That's a power lunch jacket tie. East Coast, baby. (laughs) No question. Everybody's a little tighter on the East Coast. We're wearing flip-flops out here. Good seeing you, Chris. Now, Skip and Shannon break down the chances of Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving joining LeBron in L.A. No more realistic than yesterday that I even thought this never even really crossed my mind. I, I, Skip, I'm confused because one minute, you know, NBA execs say the Lakers are not going to get anything, anyone. The Clippers are the more appealing uh, uh, L.A. destination. Uh, it's a foregone conclusion that Kyrie and Katie will link up with the Knicks. And now we get this. We just heard yesterday that the Pelicans are no more anxious to deal with the Lakers than they were at the trade deadline or they were at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Now this is more of a realistic process. I, I think everybody's just speculating, giving us something to talk about, but I'd like to see it happen. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would really uh-huh. love to see it happen. Guarantee mm-hmm. us a win. Guarantee us next Did you get your hopes up last night? Guarantee. Yeah, couldn't go to sleep. You hear what I said, Skip Bayless? Guaranteed. Guaranteed if we get these two, over? O-B-A. Really? Over. Over. You're guaranteeing it? Yeah. yeah. It's over for it don't matter. Listen, <laughs> I'm, no, no. Let me, I, I want to be, I want to be clear. Yeah. I want to be crystal clear. Okay. I want to yes. be abundantly clear. Yep. It don't matter. I ain't going to say it does. It mm. don't matter what happens in the Bay. We get those two in L.A. Mm. That's it. Parade day, I ain't going to be here. Mm. 
or I'm going to do my spot from the parade. Hmm. Yeah, I'm on the floor with LeBron James. We champs. Hmm. Anything possible. Hmm. Yep. Too soon, Shannon. Riding down. Talking about a parade. I don't know where they had to have a parade route, huh. but I'm going to be there. You're leading well, the way? Means LeBron must, as we speak, be in Wakanda, right? <laughs> now, don't worry about where you're at. Le LeBron, you know, we're prepping. We prepping for something. Really? Got something big. Really? Room. Big. You're going to de-age through the offseason? Well, we're it's killed. Yeah. The did like we, yeah. did, did it look like we aged last year? Uh, yes. Injury. <laughs> Even with that, 27, 8, and 8, can really? I interest you in that? <laughs> you like that? Uh, you can interest me in 28 and 27, the record when he started for the Lakers. What, what was his record when he was out? I don't know. That, can, can that interest you uh, in that? Uh, I don't. I tell you what. Well, I, he he GM'd the team. He no, no, picked no, no, no. all those guys. He wanted playmakers. He got them. I bet his team don't have a better record <laughs> without him than they do with him. Mm. Like somebody else we know mm. up in Golden State. I ain't calling his name. Oh, that's really? none of, I don't even know why I brought that up. Oh, that's okay. none of my business. We'll, we'll bring it up okay. later. No, I don't want to bring it up. Sure, no it'll more. come up. I. I I feel so sorry for you because you, th th these stories keep getting your hopes up just a little bit, and then you say, no, 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 and then you say, yes, 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 yes. Because it, it seems like a real possibility, like a real long shot yeah. possibility. And then I hear my friend Brian Windhorst, ESPN, say on an ESPN um, local radio show here in LA, the Pelicans do not want to do business with the Lakers. They just don't, like, period. They don't want to, but they might have to. Mm. Brian goes on to say, if the Lakers had won the lottery, we might have a different conversation, but they did not win, and to make matters worse, the Pelicans did win. Okay. All of a sudden, it's like, ugh, double jeopardy. No. And there is obviously lingering animosity over what did or didn't happen just before the trade deadline. Whatever LeBron and Rich Paul attempted to pull off wrecked both basketball teams. And New Orleans is still hot about it yeah. because they felt like LeBron and Rich tried to strong arm them to sort of muscle up on them to just give away Anthony Davis. Not give him away, but to trade him for yeah. a lot, a yeah. big package. Yeah. And it sure looked like that LeBron and Rich Paul had forced Magic and company into a position of just whatever it takes, just, just give up the whole right. roster. Right. Whatever they want, they can have. And we were talking about five of the kids going to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And somehow New Orleans is still hot about it. So the, the whole prospect of trading a potential championship to LeBron and the Lakers is just inconceivable to me. It's like the bridge already got burned to the ground and even though there's a new GM in place, mm -hmm. their old feelings, old bitterness, old bad blood will linger. Get the best deal, Skip. There's a Look, you can do business. You can cut your nose off to spite your face, knowing that the Lakers potentially has the best deal in place. And you can go elsewhere and get yep. a couple of role players and say, we just not going to do business with you guys. Yep. Okay, so be it. But at the end of the day, I thought you were trying to make your team better, yep. not hold bitter feelings mm. and animosity. You got to let that go, Skip. Mm. You don't let, you never let another man hold your feelings hostage mm. because you're in bondage. If you're in bondage, you're captive to a person that don't know they got you there. Mm. Let it go, Pelican. Give us AD. Mm. We didn't ask you to give it to We're going to give you the fourth pick and a couple of young promising players. Mm. Promising. Well, unfortunately, the Knicks could give you the third pick. Okay. And they could give you R.J. Barrett. If you're sold on R.J. over whoever would go for okay. Ham or Darius Garland, whoever it is. Well, we got more We got more to offer. Which, mm. Oh, so you want Moutier and Kevin Knox? Maybe. Dennis Smith? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, did it, hold on. I would be a little leery 
The Mavericks moved on from Dennis Smith. They did. The Knicks will be willing to move on from Dennis Smith. Yeah, but now, they, they, these moved two- on, they moved on from him so they could get Porzingis. Oh, hold on. But Skip. You had to give up something. If Dennis Smith would like that, like, like, okay, who are you going to be able to trade from, with Utah to be able to get Donovan Mitchell? Because if he like that, if you that boy dog, ain't nobody well, trading you. Well. What did you do? I don't that? know. Maybe for Porzingis they would have traded Donovan I bet Donovan you they Mitchell. wouldn't trade Donovan well, Mitchell I don't know for Porzingis. That. I don't know that. Why would you got you? I mean, Donovan Mitchell's like 6'3", maybe. It don't matter. And giving it to him. You like but Donovan. I love him. But I, I got to tell you, last year he had some, he had some struggles. Yeah, yeah, he did. I know a guy that been having struggles since he's been in yeah. the league. Who? With the same draft. You know who. Huh? He went a couple of picks higher. Hmm. Like right behind number one. Yeah. I'd like to see him get a fresh start. Yeah, we live a fresh start. Yeah. Fruits fresh. Talking about Lonzo Ball. Oh, you were talking about him? Uh, that's <laughs> what you were talking about. I ain't say, I, did I call yes, the name? Yes, you did. So, what could the Knicks offer the Pelicans? What? Hypothetically, all those young players we just talked about. Moody even, even that Mitchell Robinson, who's pretty good. He's no, got he, some potential. Oh, so he bet, he better than Kuz? Well, I don't know. But they got a lot, and then they got a whole slew of new draft picks. Because they got Dallas's sure. pick in 2020, 2020, what is it, uh, 2021 and 2023. They would have their pick next year, which could be who knows what. But you, you got draft picks, and you've got this year's third overall pick. So all of a sudden, it looks like the Knicks could have maybe a slightly more appealing package than the Lakers. Now, I still love those Lakers kids, but you, you've sort of fallen out of love with I ain't fallen out of love. Oh, yeah. I just love A.D. more. Okay. Well, you don't even like Lonzo, so you, you think I you, like Lonzo. No, you do not. I love A.D. Okay. Well, then, <laughs> you, you again, speak out of both sides of your mouth. Why would David Griffin take Lonzo if, you're, if you don't think he's all that? Because, you know, I, I Skip, like, uh, mm. for me, I'm not a general manager. I'm just saying. It's sometimes, Skip, it's a situation. It's not that I feel out of love with her. I just love her more. Oh. That I work. You want your cake and eat it? No, oh. I want no cake and eat it too. Mm. Mm. Okay. No, I didn't. I, I, I'm done with you this. Sure cake. about that? I'm do, hey, I'm done with German chocolate. I want to try red velvet now. How about that? I do it like mm. that. Hey, as long as you finish the cake. Yeah. Look here. Fully. No, that's what I'm saying. Following Bruce Arda's back with Nick and Cece to examine the possibility of Giannis Antetokounmpo running the Eastern Conference for years to come. Bruce Arda, will Giannis dominate the East now that LeBron's gone? Well, is it his conference now? No, I, I don't see. Look, I think he's tremendous, mm. and I think as time goes on, look, if they win it this year, which would be unprecedented for a team to not make major roster improvements and go from, like, the 16th best record to winning it all in a year, that'd be unprecedented. We haven't seen that. So he would, you know, have a chance to do some really special things, but the East is going to get tougher. I mean, Philadelphia is not going away. And if, as we all spe- have been speculating, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving go to New York, they're still going to be tough. If by chance Kawhi stays in Toronto, you know, and Siakam, Pascal Siakam keeps improving, they'll be tough. I don't see anyone mm. doing what LeBron just did, eight straight finals. No. I, I just, I mean, that's probably <laughs> ever again. Yeah, we've never seen something like that. Why don't we just like try that. to get what he did in Cleveland? Right. right, which was four. Yeah, yeah four let's straight. just try to right, do that. Right, I mean, even doing that would be <laughs> but incredible. It would be, it would, Jordan listen, didn't do that. It would, he took if, a little if break. If Giannis made, and I'm as big of a Giannis proponent as anybody, if Giannis makes four finals in his career, it's a amazing, it is a successful, he's probably, mm-hmm. a successful, wonderful career. 
And so set what LeBron did outside of it. I don't. We, these shows didn't exist in the 70s, but I hope people weren't like, who's going to be the next Russell Celtics? Because the answer was nobody ever again. Now, I, I think that what we're headed for in the East is a Giannis-led Bucks, a Durant-led Knicks, and an Embiid-led Sixers, those three teams fighting it out for years to come. And it is a bummer for teams like the Indiana Pacers, the Chicago Bulls, who I know are down right now, the Boston Celtics, who built, built, built to run into LeBron, and now they're building, building, building to run into not just Giannis, but potentially Embiid, and I believe Kevin Durant. I, I think Boston is going to go in the absolute other direction next year, and I don't think Toronto's going to keep Kawhi. If Toronto does keep Kawhi, then that three-headed monster becomes a, a legitimate top four in the East. And Indiana's good. And Boston has shown they can win without Kyrie Irving. But you are talking about Giannis, who I think right now is the best player currently playing. Kevin Durant, who seemed like everyone else thinks is the best player currently playing. And Embiid, who has the, the only concern with him is availability. His upside is as high as anybody's in basketball. So that's what I think the East is about to have to deal with. I don't think it's just going to be, even though I do think the Bucs are going to win the title this year, the Bucs and Giannis, their conference, the rest of the conference going to be too strong for anyone to dominate the conference. Yeah, I think that they should take advantage of the opportunity, and that's try to win one this year before the East gets stacked. Now, LeBron won't be there, so Giannis is right about that. And I got to give Giannis credit. I want Giannis to keep the same attitude because not one time has Giannis said what Nick said, I'm the best player in the world. And not one time has he said Milwaukee is the place that you have to go through now. He realized it is right. wide open, but he's got to keep improving. They could lose Middleton this offseason. They found money on the side of the road with Brooke Lopez, so let's not think <laughs> this is some dynasty in the making. Like, they better take advantage of this year because – I don't believe he'll have a better opportunity. Let, let's say next year in the finals in the East, who they might face. A Joel Embiid after crying? Because he's coming right, back he for vengeance. Back better, right. The Prince is going to find ben a little. Simmons with a jumper? Yeah. No, not a jumper. <laughs> Five foot shot. Right. Five bad. foot. That would double. That would double. Even I know that. The length that he got <laughs> right there. Right. Right. Yeah. Five feet. So I just believe it's very, very important. Don't be trying to grow with the league, man. You better try to get you a championship this year because I believe it becomes more because it's more difficult that second-round matchup. He's not going to have the type of matchup that Giannis had this year. It could be even tougher in the future, that second-round matchup, to even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, well, and I think that people thought Boston was going to be a very tough second-round matchup until Milwaukee It's did not it. a tough matchup for him. I'm talking about personally, he could be going against Kevin Durant and the and, sure. and, and are the young prince with some more help, Joel and B them coming back. So the the path to even get to a championship, I, I believe, is going to be more difficult. But I do think this year is good preparation for this year's East was not last year's East. Right. This year's East is better than last oh, year's. Oh, by no an question. enormous margin is my point. So yes. if Giannis was, let's just pretend for a moment LeBron had left a year early and Giannis was going through the playoffs. It, in last year's Eastern Conference, where in the conference finals you're playing the Celtics undermanned. You're play, you're going the road. And that, remember, they got beat by the Celtics. Of course. And so it would not be the preparation for the East we're talking about. But having to go through Kawhi and Toronto, it's pretty good prep 
for if you have to go through Kevin Durant and whoever's on the Knicks. Like, it is not – you're not going from JV to varsity. You might be going to a higher level of varsity in that conference next year, but I'm not even certain of that. A few things he has going for him, though. One, you got a great coach. I mean, we've seen the differences Budenholzer made this time and coming from the Greg Popovich tree. And two, as opposed to Kevin Durant, not as opposed to Embiid, Giannis is still ascending. Like, that three-point shot he's beginning to hit, I think in two years he's going to be a very competent three-point shooter. If he has mm-hmm. some a jump shot from mid-range or, you mm-hmm. know, set shot, whatever you want to call it, like, he's only going to keep getting better, and that's what's scary for the Eastern Conference. They can't keep this team around him. Isn't this the team you want to try to keep around oh, they him can. and the guys? They, it's just yeah. not guaranteed they will. Like, they absolutely can. They can keep – everyone's under contract except for Middleton and Lopez. I, Middleton might end up being – it depends on the owners. They got that new arena there. I wouldn't go cheap. They're very wealthy people that have bought the team about a decade ago yep. at this point. Yep. I would I would absolutely keep this group around them. But when guys are free agents, no franchise tag. Lopez could leave. Middleton could leave. But, yes, this is – this is the exact type of so team. So Middleton to max? You're going to max him out? I don't know if you're going to have to max out Chris Middleton, but if I if you win the championship, you bring everybody back. You overpay. You, you, you bring everyone back and you deal with it. I think they overpaid slightly for Bledsoe because he's a really good fit with Giannis. Lopez is going to have a lot of suitors too. And the and the Lopez. Go back to the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> right, the, right. <laughs> They're going to be going hard after. <laughs> and the tough thing for them with Lopez is – it's Middleton's already making a lot of money. Not max money, but a lot of money. Lopez making three and a half million bucks. Right. And he's about to make it. a hell of a lot more money. But Giannis, the point on the three-point shot, he's 25% during the regular season. He's all of a sudden 33% on more attempts during the postseason. He doesn't ever have to be 38%. If he can be 33 to 35% at some point, it totally changes how he's guarded, and they still they can't guard him right now when they're not worried about his jump shot. And I'm not so sure he can't get to like 37, 38% well, the way he works. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.